Hello, I am Manuel Avila and this is Spirituality and Science. In the previous episode, I spoke a bit about the human fascination for revealing what is beyond the reality that we perceive, because we have always sensed that we are not the masters of our destiny, be it the Illuminati, Bill Gates, international communism, Satan or aliens, Many believe that there is an elite who manipulates and exploits us for their own benefit. A fundamental part of many schools of initiatory knowledge or mystery cults has been precisely trying to discover who are those who have the power behind the scenes and to find a way to rebel and free ourselves from slavery. I, however, consider, as I stated previously, that our tendency to believe in conspiracy theories about powerful people that control and enslaves us is largely based on our own tendency to control and manipulate those who are under our influence. There is, however, historical evidence of groups that have systematically set out to create control structures to dominate, exploit, and manipulate the population. We have examples of this in many countries in which the economic or political elite have seized power, in some cases perpetuating themselves there, to serve primarily their own interest group. There is an example, the case of Venezuela, a country where power is in the hands of a small group of military and ex-military supporters of the Hugo Chavez doctrines and a few other allies. Not far from there in Colombia, Although from the opposite political spectrum, since colonial times there have been elites of landowners, cattle ranchers and more recently businessmen and politicians who take turns in power, still sponsor illegal armed groups and plunder those who have the least in order to further expand their power. The point is that, for one, these phenomena rarely have a global reach, but also they are not really hidden conspiracies either. These exercises of abuse of power are always visible to everyone. That is because, to be efficient, they require the complicity of many people at all levels of power, from policemen, uh, common soldiers to ministers, including public officials, teachers, etc. Of course, there are also real conspiracies, and from those, yeah, many with international scope. An example that I'm going to give you is not a secret at all, but very few people know about it. This story is called the Diamond Conspiracy. You see, diamonds have always been considered precious stones for its beauty, its shine, but above all, for its scarcity. Gems were traded between collectors and used to create jewelry that was only available to royalty and millionaires. However, this was bound to change in the late 19th century when huge diamond mines were discovered in South Africa. The production of these mines was so abundant that the producers immediately realized that the competition between them was going to turn the diamond into a stone on the same level as zircon or quartz. What they did then was to form a cartel called the De Beers Consolidated Mines and dedicate themselves to extending control over all stages of the commercialization of diamonds throughout the world. Most notably, the beers not only manipulated supply, but also demand. In 1938, amid the ravages of the Depression and rumors of war, 
Harry Oppenheimer, the son of the De Beers founder, enlisted the advertising agency N.W.A. to polish the image of diamonds in the United States. In America, the practice of giving diamond engagement rings had been gaining traction unevenly for years, but at the same time diamonds sold there were getting smaller and of poor quality. Meanwhile, the price of diamonds was falling around the world. The people of Ayer set out to persuade young men that diamonds, and only diamonds, were synonymous with romance, and that the measure of a man's love and even his personal and professional success was directly proportional to the size and quality of the diamond you bought for your fiancé. Young women, in turn, had to convince themselves that the courtship invariably ended in a diamond. The agency implanted these messages in the bowels of popular culture. What they were marketing was an idea, not a product or a brand. So they went to Hollywood to distribute diamonds to producers, directors, and actors, to include diamond engagement rings in the most important moments of the films with romantic themes that they were filming at the time. In addition, they also offered stories and photographs of high society to selected magazines and newspapers to reinforce the link between diamonds and love. The stories would emphasize the size of the diamonds that celebrities presented to their loved ones. So the photographs should show in the foreground and very big the brilliant stone in the hands of a famous woman. Fashion designers would speak on radio about the diamond trend and so on and so forth. Well, the icing on the cake was that in the late 1940s, a creative from Ayer registered the slogan, a diamond is for life. And the myth was created that diamonds cannot be scratched or split, which is totally false, by the way. The strategy was to create a relationship between the supposed eternal resistance of the diamond and the promise of eternal love. The corollary of this story is that between 1939 and 1979, the wholesale sales of diamonds, that is, from the beers to its distributors in the United States, increased from 23 million to 2.1 billion, and the budget for advertising given to Ayers increased from 200,000 the first year to 10 million per year during those four decades. Of course, Diamond sales gradually stagnated uh, as most of the engaged and married women already had theirs. So the company invented the concept of a new ring each time the couple renewed their vows, which as we know, um, is used to celebrate every five or ten years with the so-called weddings of wood, aluminum, glass, etc. Until the couple reaches their 60th anniversary, which is what is called, yes, diamond wedding. This is a quaint story because it is seemingly venial, a conspiracy nevertheless, but it's not about mind control through subliminal messages to hide crimes or rob the people, but an ingenious marketing strategy to sustain an important industry. Or is it? You see, diamond conspiracy is about mental manipulation precisely through subliminal messages. It is meant to steal our money. Or is it that diamonds have some intrinsic value that makes them more valuable than zircon, for example? Whoever says that they can recognize a diamond from afar 
are losing money because jewelers have to attach a magnifying glass to their eye and flip the rock for minutes before claiming that a diamond is legit. So to me, paying $1,000, $3,000 or $10,000 for a diamond is very close to a scam. Keep in mind that popular wisdom says that the fiancé has to spend between three to six months or their salary on the wedding ring. So do the math. But at least there is no crime on this, right? Well, I don't know if you've heard of Blood Diamonds. There was even a movie out there in 2006 starring Leo DiCaprio that show how the diamond industry relies heavily on the exploitation of mines found in war zones where warlords dominate mining and using the proceeds to pay for weapons, control private armies, and keep thousands of mine workers in slavery. Of course, between recruitment, turf wars, and reckoning, enough blood has been shed in many of the diamond-producing countries just to maintain the high price of these precious stones with which we demonstrate our underlying love for the lucky ride. This is if you will, a more sophisticated version of the drug cartels that have brought so much pain and death to Latin American countries, for example. My dear friends, real conspiracies are much less complicated, but sometimes much more heinous than the fake conspiracies that we share on WhatsApp or Facebook. As I told you before, the latter are stories that we make up to entertain ourselves and attract attention. But the most ironic thing is that by paying attention and wasting time with flat earth, vaccines that give autism, 5G power, mind control, and reptilians, we keep going like lambs to the slaughterhouse of the real global conspiracies and destructive illusions. There are many science popularizers who take the trouble and have the patience to disprove conspiracy theories, even the most ridiculous ones. I will not try to do that because, for one, I am not so patient, and on the other hand, I am not a scholar in most of these subjects. But I highly recommend following Bill Nye, the science guy, or Neil deGrasse Tyson, and other real scientists to learn more about the most popular conspiracy theories and why we should keep stopping their spread. My task is another. I promise that I'm going to show you the true matrix. And as you saw with the example of the diamonds, the real matrix edges and traps are in unexpected places. The conspirators are often low-key but totally identifiable, in some cases, or impossible to determine in others. But along the way, we are going to talk about tricks to be able to see what is hidden, weapons to defend ourselves, strategies to wake up and dangers that will lie and wait for us. This encounter with reality is not going to be easy or pretty. If you're a woman and you're listening to me, are you willing from now on to reject a diamond? Will you sit down and knit a beautiful engagement bracelet with your partner? Or are you going to just pretend that you know nothing about the blood in the mines in Africa and just be flattered by a very flirty Swarovski? Remember that now you can follow me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. The links are on my page, so I'll see you there. Have a good journey and a nice breeze. <music>